My name's Joe, and here's my pro sports analysis of the day. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. We'll start today with some NASCAR news. When NASCAR set the schedule for the 2022 season, there were a lot of changes that were coming. One of them was that the Bush clash was going to the L.A. Coliseum. The reason that caused so much stir is that it's normally held at Daytona the week before the Daytona 500 or the week of the Daytona 500 whenever they can get it to work out with the Super Bowl. So that's generally used as a kind of a practice session, the final real, you know, hurrah, get your setup right, get your car right for for the 500. Well, this year it's going to the, like I said, the, the LA Coliseum, which is a quarter mile track. Now it's going to be a bowl. It's in <clears throat> a non-racing stadium. Um... And it's going to be very interesting. The next ten, the next gen car will make its debut there. Um, the front row is generally of the Daytona 500 is generally determined by this race, and you know how how you finish in this race. So let's see if that's still the case. Um, as far as Daytona 500 goes, let let's see how these new cars go. You know, a lot of the drivers are saying when they drive it around Atlanta that it you know it's a little unstable. So let's let's see how it reacts on, you know, the big the big super speedway and the, you know, the high banks. And we, we got a lot to look forward to this year. We have to realize this is a brand new car. There's going to be a lot of tweaking that has to get done. This uh, 670 at all tracks except the super speedways is going to be great. It's going to provide better racing, less bubbles. Um, it's just going to give the racing a better look. That 550 that we've been dealing with the past three years and the bubble and the impossible to pass at certain tracks and the mile and a half has just been, it, it hasn't been entertaining races and entertaining races. It's not, it's, I think a lot of the reason the fans are calling for more road courses and short tracks, because those are the exciting races, you know, the, the mile and a half were, all right, here we go. You know, you're going to start too wide. You're going to run too wide the whole time, maybe some three wide on the bottom. But when you get up to somebody, there's a wall or like a cushion of air that you can't get your car through. And, you know, guys are having to do a lot of a lot of maneuvers and it's causing a lot of wrecks and just not good stuff for racing. Hopefully with this new car, it'll it'll change. Um, getting off the new car, uh, Stuart Haas Racing signed Ryan Priest as a reserve driver. Um, he's going to be doing a lot of the simulation work. He's going to have some cup starts in a Stuart Haas Line team. Xfinity starts, and he'll be driving in the cup series or in the truck series for DGR. He won in a DGR truck last year. Um, you know, so essentially he'll be Haley Deegan's teammate. Um, that's another person I'm really looking at this year is Haley Deegan. Let's see if she can raise her stock a little bit in the truck series. Uh, let's see if she can run a little more consistently. Her first year wasn't a bad year, you know, first time at a lot of those tracks. Now she'll be coming up to the second year, at most of these tracks and let's see, let's see how she does. Um, another thing I'm really looking forward to is, you know, 2311 racing with Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch. The addition of Kurt Busch is going to be huge for Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin. And not only are you getting a veteran driver, but you're getting a champion. Um, granted, it was 2004 when he won his championship, but still, he's a champion. And he's going to do a lot for that team and a lot for Bubba. 
and he's going to bring a lot of knowledge to to that team and you know and to Toyota Toyota got a hell of a signing there and you know they needed it they were they were hurt in the past couple of years with people leaving Toyota um the next big story is Matty D Matt De Benedetto will be driving for Rackley WAR Racing driving the 25 truck in the truck series full time next year that's a big 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 step for him i wish he could have gotten a cup series ride i like Matty D um I don't think Harrison Burton is ready to drive that 21 car yet. Uh, I don't think he's ready to be in the Cup Series. I still think he needs another year or two. And, you know, that that was another major loss for Toyota. But we'll see how the, uh, we'll see how the season goes. So that's it for some NASCAR news. Now we're going to transition into the NFL. If anybody watched the Jets-Buccaneers game Sunday, you saw what happened with Antonio Brown. He has been doing stuff like this for his entire career in the NFL. The Buccaneers finally released him. And it, it's a matter of, you know, it's Antonio Brown versus the Bucks. You know, Antonio Brown said that he went to somebody and said he wasn't ready to play. You know, it was a useless game and he didn't feel like he could, you know, he was 100% to play. With the ankle injury he had. The Buccaneers said he never said anything. You know, he never went to them and said anything. And they ran him out there. And whatever the case. You're a professional football player. You don't take your pads off. And a t-shirt and a gloves in the middle of a game. And run across the field. You want to leave? Fine. Don't make yourself the center of attention while there's a game going on. You know, and that that's why he had the reputation he has in the NFL. This whole thing that T.O. could replace him, you know, he probably could. You know, T.O. probably still could go out there and run with the best of them. Probably not a popular opinion. A lot of people probably won't agree with that, and that's fine. But that's uh, that's my, my take on it. And, you know, I really, really, really think Antonio Brown needs to get help. I think he needs to find help somewhere. And I don't think you know, he should play on another team until he gets that help. And I think the NFL should should step in and be like, you know, you can't be a part of this league until you get the help that you need because you're a detriment to, to everybody around you. You know, speaking of my my Jets, they look great Sunday. You know, I don't know what was up with, with this team. Everything just seemed to gel. They led until the last, you know, 15 seconds of the game. It's what happens. Tom Brady, as much as I personally can't stand the man, he's a great quarterback. Can't take anything away from him. Fourth quarter, two minutes to go in the game, and you're down. I don't care who I root for. I'm running him out there every time. You know, that's just that's just the, the thick of it. And he's got a hell of a support staff behind him. Gronk there, Mike Evans. You know, even when A.B. was there, even though A.B. was, you know, almost a non-factor in the Jet game. But, you know, he's got all these people. Le'Veon Bell. He's got all these people in this run game and this pass game that he can rely on and he can go to. And that's been, you know, it's been huge for him. And, you know, I think with the draft coming up, the Jets really, really, really need to look at an offensive line. We need to look at some more wideouts, more wideout options for Zach Wilson to to throw to. And it's a whole big thing of just getting Zach 
comfortable. We need a team. We need people. We need to build around Zach. You get the young quarterbacks, and you don't just throw them into a system. You get these two or three young guys, and you build around them. That was the problem when Tebow was drafted. Nobody would build a team around Tim Tebow. He's so versatile. He could play quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, whatever you need him to do. The only thing you needed to do was put a support staff behind him. Denver put a support staff behind him. He took him to the playoffs. You know, for the first time in God knows how long that the Broncos actually made the playoffs, they gave him a team that he could work with. And if the Jets had done it, there would have been something special there that they had had when, when they had Tebow. Transitioning into the MLB, there's just, you know, there's a lot going on there. Ken Rosenthal being fired from the MLB network is just a testament on how much Rob Manfred needs to get out as commissioner. Um, every single thing that Ken Rosenthal has, you know, all the criticism and everything is the reason why MLB network fired him. And it's not right. You know, Rob Manfred is more and more and more going about, you know, this is how he wants the league run. If you say anything bad about him, you're gone, which sorry, that's a dictatorship. And that's not how, you know, it should be run as a, you know, as far as the lockout goes, we'll have to see. Hopefully negotiations will start soon. Um, they, they need to realize, you know, they're adults. They're playing a child's game. These owners need to realize that, you know, that they need to have, number one, a living wage. Number two, they need to be treated with the respect and courtesy they're due because all these owners, what they don't realize is without the players, there's no team. You know, you don't see Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman running out there every single day with the pinstripes on. No, you don't see that at all. They're up, you know, in the in the press boxes, in the luxury boxes, watching, you know, the team that they put together. So anything, if the team's not performing, shouldn't Brian Cashman be the one who should be on the hot seat and, you know, not the players. Aaron Boone did a hell of a job with what he was given last year. You know, the uncertainty that was the 2021 season, the 2020 season and the 2021 season, you know, who, you know, who would have thought that we would have had the COVID era? You know, nobody thought this was going to happen. Nobody thought 2021 was pretty much going to be, you know, a repeat of 2020 with, you know, just fans in the building. With 2022, you know, once this lockout ends, looking more and more possible that you're going to have the Universal DL in both leagues, the National League and the American League. I've been saying this for years. You either needed Universal DL or DH, or you needed to have the pitchers hit in both leagues. Because you can't be an American League team and then go into a National League park and expect your pitcher to hit when they don't normally do it. That is how major leagues and the American Leagues get these... Injuries with these pitchers, you know, running the bases. The most recent one was Masahiro Tanaka with the Yankees. I believe it was the Mets we were playing at Shea. Or, I'm sorry, at City Field. And he was running the bases, got hurt. Missed a significant amount of time. Because it's something he's not used to. The Universal DL, what that does for the National League is that also gives, guy, that also gives them... You know, let, let's just let's throw out a name here. Let's say a big poppy was still in the league and he'd sign with the Mets. That leaves 
the Mets able to put, you know, whoever they're going to throw out there at first base and then big poppy in the lineup. You know, that gives the Yankees a lot of options. Also, Giancarlo Stanton, you know, even though he's been a designated hitter for the last year, the American League has had the designated hitters. But when we go to a National League park, we can keep him in the lineup. You know, we don't have to take him out of the lineup to put a pitcher in. We can keep that DH and we can keep that bat in the lineup, which is going to be very, you know, very good and make it an even playing field for both for both leagues. Um, golf news: You got the Century Tournament of Champions this week, uh, the wraparound season for the 2022. Let's see how uh, how that goes. Uh, Victor Hovland had a driver broken on the way. To uh, to Hawaii so far. Cameron Smith is in the lead, eight under. John Rahm, Patrick Cantley, Daniel Berger are all tied at seven under. Sun J M is in at six under. Yeah, you know, we're gonna watch Bryson. We're gonna watch Phil Colin Morikawa. Um, you know these guys that are that have won last year and that are making some noise. You know this year. Kepka's going to be there. Rom's going to be there. You know, lefty, lefty's doing things at 50 years old that not a lot of people could do at 30. You know, to be the oldest player to win a major championship, and at a course like Kiwa Island, when he did it at, at the PGA back in May, was ridiculous. This is going to be a very interesting season. Let's hope Tiger shows up at some point, at least Augusta. You know, let's see... Let's see. I, I I hope so. He looked great at the PNC. It was good seeing him and Charlie back out there. Let's see what what the future holds for 2023 and beyond. Guys, this was the first one. Um, a lot more is going to come and be a little better after this once we get some stuff figured out. Thanks for joining me today. And that was my PSA of the day. <laughs>